from The Black Cat by Edgar Allan Poe. One morning, in cool blood, I slipped a noose about its neck and hung it to the limb of a tree, hung it with the tears streaming from my eyes and with the bitterest remorse at my heart, hung it because I knew that it had loved me and because I felt it had given me no reason of offense, hung it because I knew that in so doing I was committing a sin, a deadly sin, that would so jeopardize my immortal soul as to place it, if such a thing were possible, even beyond the reach of the infinite mercy of the most merciful and most terrible God. This is Gothic. So is that in the Netflix series, or is it just in the Catherine Zeta-Jones version? I thought it was in the Netflix series, because um, the the adaptation I watched of it recently, which was called A Haunting, and um, the gal who played Eleanor Vance was the mom from the first Conjuring movie, um, whose name I don't remember. But um, anyway, uh, that was in that one, too. And mm. I was like, oh, I recognize this. This is like so. Some- I mean, maybe it's it's just so funny from the Catherine Zeta-Jones version. And it's also funny that I identify that one as the Catherine Zeta-Jones version yeah. of A Haunting of Hill House. Is that where, where the maid says... In the night, in the dark. In the night, in the dark. <laughs> well, yeah, no one can hear you scream. In the night, in the dark. And it's so creepy. No, I, I think it was from the book because I remember the... She wasn't really the, like... Oh, she was like the housekeeper, I think. Anyway, um, she, like... She had this uh, thing about... Part of her character was that she just, like, never deviated from her, her routine. And whenever any of them asked questions, she would just, like, repeat, like, things that she had said before. And I seem to recall something about her giving that whole entire speech to, like, each of the guests as they arrived, like, without deviation. And I'm still looking for the what I consider to be the original Haunting of Hill House movie. There was one in the 60s that I would really like to watch. Yeah, I think that's probably it. It's it's black and white. Yeah. And it very, very closely follows uh, the, the book, which, by the way, is The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Yes. And whatever walks here walks alone. So iconic. Uh, how was your uh, Shakespeare uh, thing there, Jesse? It was really good. Dun, da, da, da. Awesome. Oh, well, uh, so Jesse Sojourners is showing us his shirt, which is a a logoed West Side Shakespeare um, shirt. All right, so finish this up here with our what has been happening lately here, Richard. What's been happening lately with you? Oh, goodness. Um, it's just been a busy life time for me have a lot of uh different things going on you know we did just put up our finale for uh our campaign for the adventurer's vault the first campaign is officially over how far away am i from the end i'm not at the end that was episode 124 uh we we are we do have like an epilogue and a wrap-up episode that will be coming up next that i guess you could argue are kind of part of it but the story is over 
Yeah, that is the only one I have left, and I am I am all but caught up. So that, I mean, that's exciting. We've got the new campaign already, uh, uh, you know, quite a bit recorded. A few other little special projects. We did a, a one shot of the Expanse RPG, which we're gonna have. We got four episodes of that coming up, which was a lot of fun. It was a fun little system to to play around with. A good uh, TV series, good books. Highly recommend the books. Uh, have you played uh, Eclipse Phase? Does it differ from that very much? Yeah, I mean they they have a very similar kind of feel. Uh, to a certain degree, you know, the Expanse doesn't have the uh, transhumanity aspect the way Eclipse Phase does, uh, which I'm also a big fan of that that game setting. I've been kind of jonesing to get a game in it, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of people. It's just like everything else that we all have so much going on that sometimes you get a few casualties along the way, but uh, yeah. I, I do enjoy that that system. I enjoy that mm-hmm. game, so hopefully I'll get another opportunity to play it. So far, one of those casualties has not been this podcast. And last time on the Gothic Podcast, we ended with some revelations, if not necessarily cliffhangers, where the uh, finger of God, the spur of rock just off the coast of Elk Island connected to the estate of the Kane family by a bridge uh, played prominently. And I think it was Jason who got those images in his head. So how about we uh, go ahead now and uh, jump back into the game and see what our inheritors are doing about the knowledge they have encountered. Yeah, the last thing I wrote down scribbled into the bottom margin of my page was star full sleep next time star (laughs) so i think that was what we wanted to do (laughs) it was in fact um agent nizoni who convinced you that it was best if you all finished out the night's rest that it seemed like things had calmed down And so, yes, you are able to rest for the rest of the night. And you know what that rest gives you? Two survival points. A sense of accomplishment. Thank goodness. And a sense of accomplishment, (laughs) since I don't even know when the last time you slept was. Yeah, it's been a long day. Uh, yeah, also, like, I don't often get full nights of sleep myself in real life, so it's <laughs> <laughs> very nice to play this fantasy world where we can get full nights of sleep. You awaken to a new dawn on Elk Island. You are in your various beds, uh, such as they are, the rocking of the tugboat Verbo rocking you, lulling you to sleep after the attack by the eel, slug, leech things. And light is streaming through into the upper decks. The lower, of course, does not have windows, but somehow you feel morning has broken and that it's a sunny, bright, clear day. Cold, because it is still January. But here you have survived the night, and oh, what a day and night before that it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So as you gather in the upper deck uh, lounge area to have your coffee 
cautiously, making sure there's no slugs around. And making sure there are no slugs around. You do see, of course, the ramifications of last night. The windows on this level are still broken. They have, they're broken inward. There's glass on the floor. There's that slime trail still oozing everywhere that the eels were, which was a lot of places. And, in fact, uh, there are still bodies on the deck from when they died because of what you did. Eel bodies. I was like, who did we lose this time? (laughs) (laughs) Allison is just like, "Uh, does anyone have anything to put in this coffee? I second that motion. Look around for some booze. I've done that already, unfortunately, but it can't hurt. Maybe some's manifested overnight. Give me a moment. I've got to grab something from the Jeep anyway. Is it worth a survival point to find whiskey? (laughs) Where is your Jeep? That's a great question. We parked down near the docks. In the Jeep. You were in um, Owl's SUV. Did you guys remove the Jeep from the weather station, or is it still up there? Yeah, you guys brought the uh, SUV down the mountain, so the uh, Jeep is still up at the weather station. Never mind. (laughs) All right, you're sitting around the table. Well, what's the plan? Says Allison. Good question, says Owl. (laughs) (laughs) Believe we are going to head towards the finger of death. We got to go to the lighthouse. Yes, because the, the caves underneath the weather station were different. I can't really explain it. They just had a different feel, a different look to it. And the the caves from my vision, where I saw these people chanting, seems more like it was seaward. And I believe it, it could be the caves underneath the lighthouse. Hmm. Jason, I don't suppose you know if there's whiskey in the lighthouse. I haven't been in there yet. Um, we, uh, says Allison, uh, I mean, you were talking about the book, maybe... Uh, am I really going to say the word teleport right now? Well... That's probably a I good explanation f- for it. I know how you feel, but it appears to be what has happened. I have no other explanation for a book just zooping out of existence. And so... I, My worry is where it went to. Yeah, and was that... I mean, there was the option that it went maybe back to the library where it spent so much time or it went back to the person that wrote it or that owned it or that used it last. Um, that's what I worry is that William could be in possession of the book right now. Uh, well, Lazarus senior could be in possession of the book right now, or it just could be in the library. If we decide to, investigate this cave beneath the lighthouse. We could swing by the library on the way and kill two birds with one stone. Well, I mean, it's behind the house. It's behind the mansion. At least eliminate those two places. I have a hard time believing that a, a recall teleportation book retrieval system would would just manifest a book on you out of nowhere. What if you were doing something inconvenient? What if you were cooking a gigantic pot of soup and your book manifested and dropped in your soup? That seems really inconvenient. I think he would have it manifest somewhere that that it belonged, that it could wait patiently for him to go retrieve it. The ill feelings that I got from this book, I think, I think that whoever has delved into the secrets of this book 
can learn to call it to them at will. Well, I say, what if the book wasn't reacting to physical damage, but whatever wubba wubba you were trying to do there? Using the magic of the book? I, whatever she was doing with the microwave and the book and the wubba wubba, she was doing something. Yeah, there was a lot of wubba wubba, <laughs> says Allison. Still wondering where that came from, Gigi. Um, yes. So far, I'm kind of freaked out because I've got two magic users here. Somebody who has lived two different lives and uh, is crammed into the body of a younger man. And uh, poor scared Allison. Myself. Allison raises her coffee mug and goes, hello, it's me, <laughs> Allison. I'm still here. Owl has been particularly quiet during the breakfast. I can't recall. Did we already ask Owl if he had a, you know, <laughs> locate object spell? <laughs> Can we see your spell book, Owl? All right, everybody get out your fifth edition books. <laughs> Psych, everyone. We're actually playing D&D. Now, did we, did we already try that last time? Do you guys remember? Let me look through my notes. No, you have not tried anything spooky to locate the book. But, of course, this isn't Monster of the Week rules, so you can't just use magic. Unless you're Owl. And apparently Gigi, with the right equipment... Yeah, the thing is, Gigi doesn't want to, like, reveal that she's read the book yet. <laughs> so she's really just, like, doing a lot of, like, staring at the table, staring into her coffee. <laughs> just like, hmm. If I, like, thought about it really hard, would I like, be able to, like mystically sense where the book has gone well maybe give me a um ident uh, pursue check pursue oh that's persuade okay pursue mm. 13 skiing dice again it's 15 nine on the dice plus six 15 total uh, you think you could because you did read part of the book and it has infested you a mm -hmm. bit. You have a dark survival point, right? That's correct. You think you can. You think you can reach out to it and and feel where it is. You don't feel like this would be the safest thing for you to do to open your soul up to the book. Yeah, you know, I think I'm a little mistrustful of it after because, you know, the sequence of events was like, I read the book, Jason died, the book was like, I can save him. And so I'm kind of like, did you do that? Was that your fun? <laughs> of course, then I had my clarifying moment, but like, you know, and I might have, you know, put, put two and two together in that, in that moment. But I think that was a very rapid sequence of events, which led to some kind of immediate like, nope, you do not get to control me. You know, I'm in charge of this relationship. So I'm going to I'm going to not reach out in that way unless we're really desperate. Okay, so you keep drinking your coffee. Yep. Owl says, as this discussion is happening, I don't know. It's possible, I suppose, to locate I, I like the way you phrase that. I mean I, I play D and D. I told you I have a, a game. A locate object with it. But I don't believe that any of my tattoos are for that particular purpose. I got more, um, well, you know, uh, I got more esoteric tattoos at the time. But I suppose we could go to the library or the internet. Hmm. Oh, yes, the internet. Yes, the internet. I'm sure they'll tell us which crystals to place in our windowsill to protect ourselves. 
perhaps they'll sell us a divining rod. If this book is as powerful as you're talking about, if it if it does the things that you you have said, I mean, if any of us have uh, read the book, then we probably have some sort of connection to it and could probably track it down that way. Have, have any of you read the book? Gigi stares fixedly at her coffee. <laughs> like I, I, I've barely seen it. Owl is going to roll. Identify against Gigi's passive obscure. Okay, cool. 2d10 plus Owl's Identify, which is pretty good. Looks like 14. That meets it exactly. I believe meets it is good. Normally, um, Gigi's kind of like sitting back lackadaisically. And uh, as soon as like people started talking about having read the book, she's like perfectly still staring at whatever she happened to be looking at last um, but that's unusual, so I think he would probably pick up on that. He seems to do so, but he doesn't say anything. He just looks at Gigi for a long moment and then takes a very deliberate sip of his own coffee <laughs> <laughs> and says, So, the internet or we go to your ancestral manor, I guess. Hmm. Oh, I don't like that word. To the manor. I don't see as we have much other... Allison says, I mean, the last time we were there, we were chased through the halls like all Scooby-Doo fashion by the big William tentacle shadow thing. I, I, I mean, is there something we can... Uh, Owl, are, are there protections? I mean, can we all, like, carve some of those tattoos on us? Or, or, or I don't know. Um, are they perhaps onto our clothing that might be faster and less painful? Owl thinks about it for a moment. Well, per- perhaps that's—I mean—that's a possibility, I suppose. I mean, it—I uh, guess it won't hurt to try. And so he, with your help, um, takes articles of your clothing and finds. He says it can't be. I—I don't, I don't think it should be like magic marker. Um, let me. Uh, hmm. Well, you know. Blood's probably best if you're not going to actually tattoo it on. I don't think I have anything besides a pencil and a fountain pen, but those don't really work on clothing. All right, all right. I have an idea. So what he does is he finds a bowl, and he finds a bunch of paper, and he burns it. And then he uses the char from all of that to make the mark on your um, clothing. He goes, it's as natural as I can think of to get. And I think that I I can't guarantee anything here. Like I said, um, you know, I mean, it's, I I didn't even know mine would work, except coincidentally. Well, you've surprised us once before. Uh, Me too. Well, what else do we need? Does anyone have any hitting or shooting things? I kind of want to stop by the store and go... I think a, a, a quick trip to the store might be beneficial. Anywhere we, yes. we can find hunting gear. Yes, I'll throw eggs. Oh, that kind of store. Yes, anything anything apart from Jason, you could get an axe. You seem to be <laughs> pretty skilled with those. <laughs> there is the hardware store and the uh, sort of general store. And then there, of course, is the uh, knick-knack uh, touristy store. As you are driving through downtown, though, it appears that several businesses are closed. Even the main stores? 
Uh, some of the main stores appear to be closed. Yeah. I'll le- lean forward in the car so everyone can hear me and say, there were a lot of upstanding members of the community in that um, mob of rabbit people that had the black stuff flow out of their eyes and up the mountain to join William, and I wonder if that's what's this is the result. Well, you sure have grim thoughts. Well, it's not like anything grim is happening to us right now. <laughs> uh, my question is, are the stores really closed, or do they just look like they're closed? They still have their closed signs in the window from the night before. How's the hardware store? Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm going. And if I see that there, it looks like it's all still closed up, then I'm going to ask Al, um, does the government have a problem with me taking necessary items and, and reimbursing at a later point in time? The hardware store does indeed appear to be closed. Okay. And Al says, I don't know about the government, but... Um, I'm fine with it. I pull out my lockpick and start going at the door to the hardware store. I knew I liked you. (laughs) Al parks the uh, uh, SUV so that it kind of blocks the view of the door. You are pursuing a course of action. (laughs) (laughs) You are pursuing an outcome. I'm not going to charge you a survival point to make this happen. I'll make you roll. So go ahead and uh, you're looking for the usual 15. Um, okay, 11 plus... Do I use my sleight of hand and add the 9? That's a 20. Ooh. What's your regular pursue? Uh, my regular pursue is 4. It would still be a 15. Either way, you succeed. Okay. Unless I want to use some of my three remaining tension points to make you not succeed. Oh. However, I do not. Oh, okay. So, you, uh, you pick the lock fairly handily and slip inside. Anybody else going in? Yeah, I'll go in. Yes, yes. Owl and Allison uh, will stay in the SUV. Okay. And then I'm just going to say, grab anything you think would be useful. And I go for the section with knives. It's probably mostly going to be like machetes and stuff like that, but anything knife related. um, And also some kind of tool belt to um, strap them onto. Oh, that's a good idea. So if I need to spend anything more to find those items. Well, let's see where we're at when everybody says what it is they are looking for. Okay. I'm definitely looking for a weapon. Bladed, possibly. Yeah. Or even, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm considering something, maybe like a, a baseball bat. Yeah, they might not have that, but they have, like, rakes and shovels and stuff. Yeah, a bludgeoning weapon is, you know, what I'm going to look for. Maybe a crowbar. Yeah. Carl Kane, the shoveler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like Carl the crowbar better. Carl, Carl the crowbar. crowbar, yeah. <laughs> so, anything that you might be able to find in a hardware store, I will give you for free. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, things that would be useful with my boxing specialization, and the only thing I can think is, like, holding the handles of, like, something, like spades or something, to lend my fists a little bit of oomph. How about, like, one of those gardening claws? Yeah, I actually was thinking of one of those gardening claws. I think um, Gigi probably can't resist one of the gardening claws, although her, her glance does linger longingly on the chainsaws. And uh, But I don't think we have any extra gas, so I don't think we could start up a chainsaw even if, even if we... Well, there is a gas station in town. Oh, that, no. That might be closed from the way everything looks. Yeah, it might be closed. Washington is a self-serve state, though, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, so you could charge it. Heck it. I'm going <laughs> to... 
<laughs> take the chainsaw <laughs> and just put it in the car. We might not use it, but if we have it, we might. If I do find like a couple of good knives and a belt quick enough, um, and maybe it's just like a weird afterthought, but after seeing after seeing Gigi like throw stuff together willy nilly like some weird science experiment, uh, I I also wonder if I just have the urge to grab something for Gigi. Just every once in a while, just be like, oh, yeah, Gigi could use that. Oh, yeah, Gigi could use that. But knowing that I'm thinking about somebody else. Yeah, every once in a while, the the name isn't Gigi. Oh, yeah, Grace could use that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I'm also going to, you know, after having, you know, stars fade from my eyes and I've loaded the chainsaw lovingly into this ICV, um, I'm going to go back in. I'm going to get uh, like a big old coil of uh, rope or like towing webbing. Okay. Just in case we need to do any... There's a beep uh, from the uh, horn of the SUV outside as you're picking up this last bit of stuff. We should we should get get a move on. I don't like the way this town feels right now. I wanted a crowbar and a knife. I'm good with those two things. I'm like kind, and I lock the door behind us. Yeah, you may not have enough time to do that. So Jason, you're able to get a one of those like carpenter's belts. And you're able to jam a few things into it, like a few knives and an axe and some screwdrivers. Gigi, you got the chainsaw, mm-hmm. uh, the garden claw, the rope, and was there anything else? I think that was all. So as you go out, everyone, um, you see what it was that Owl tapped the horn of the SUV for, because coming down the street, still about a block away or so, is the um, only remaining police officer <laughs> in Elk Island. Oh, yay! Deputy Fresk. Is is uh, Deputy Fresk um, driving or running towards us? He is driving his car this direction. Could be coincidence. So do you try to lock the door? At that point, I just kind of walk over to over to the side where Owl is, and should we get going, or can we deal with this? I think it'd look suspicious if we just drove off. I, I agree. So, you know, it's like I try to, as nonchalantly as possible, um, stick the belt of everything inside the, inside the um, SUV and, like, encourage everybody else to hop in. And I'll, I'll stick out on the side with um, Owl and until... Fresk gets near us. Deputy Fresk drives up in the remaining Elk Island uh, Sheriff's vehicle, and he stops the car next to the SUV and rolls, uh, leans over and, because it's, you know, one of those cars, leans over and rolls down the window uh, (laughs) on the passenger side and goes, Agent? And Al says, Deputy. Fresk says, well, I, uh, what was Fresk's voice? Um, it was very, it was like, well, you know. He was nasally. Was like oh, yeah, 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 I was. Oh, you, that was it. You pinched your nose. Yeah. Yeah, agent. so, yeah, hey there, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Agent, uh, um, Nizo, Nizho, Nizzy. Nizoni. It's good to see you again, uh, uh, Deputy Fresk. Um, why is oh, hey, I didn't close see you today? over there. Um, yeah, you, Jason. Jason Kane. I go by Jason Lawrence. I see you are here at the hardware store buying anything good? Yeah, we're wondering why everything's closed today. 
had you closed the back? I, I imagine that as I saw Deputy Press coming down the road is I like slipped all my stuff into the car, closed it up, and then walked around to be talking to Owl on the driver's side of the car in the in the middle of the road as Officer Press came up. Well, you were the last one to um, roll, and so I believe that Officer Fresk is going to try out his identify against your obscure. Excellent. I love that. Uh, Deputy Fresk is not very good at things. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just my passive obscure? Or am I rolling? Yes. No, no, it's your passive obscure. Um, Yeah, uh, unless I finagle some specialty in there, it's a 15. He just has pretty much standard right across the board, so uh, he's going to be rolling 2d10 plus 5. He rolls a 14 total. Cool, I obscured. He does not uh, see any of this happen, so you are talking to him after having just thrown stuff willy-nilly into the car. Uh, What are you doing during this time, Gigi? That's a great question. I think when he was, like, mispronouncing Owl's name, uh, the giggle fit I was having was in character. But Gigi did a better job of smothering it than I would do. I think I will uh, pull out my phone and be on my phone. There we go. We have phones. It's 2015. We can do that. (laughs) Allison, actually, from the passenger seat, um, leans over Owl and says to Deputy Fresk, A deputy! Have you found out who it was who attacked us yet up in the hills? And the deputy looks a little uncomfortable and goes, uh, Well, ma'am, you know that I I just don't have the manpower right now to um, do all those investigations. I'm still waiting on people from the mainland and for the FBI to uh, impart the uh, what it is that they have discovered. And Allison says, Well, I would um, like it very much as a new and very, very, um, upset. She turns to uh, Gigi and goes, I was going to go with wealthy, but yeah, wealthy wealthy and upset member of the Elk Island community. I, I propose that there may be a connection between, um, let's say, the people who attacked us that we said were then killed or abducted by tentacle monsters. And at the ten- word tentacle monsters, Fresco's, uh, uh, well, uh. <laughs> and Allison goes, I suggest that maybe there's a correlation, if not necessarily causation, between that and the number of businesses, um, you know, closed today. Yes. What was the number of rabbit-headed, uh, masked people, we said, who attacked us? Perhaps, uh, 15? How many businesses are closed here? I see about, let's see, 10, 12, oh, 15. Look at that. What would you say? Allison leans back over and goes, I don't think there's 15 businesses in this town. Shh, shh, shh. And Fresh goes, um, we're looking into it, um, Ms. Kane. Monser, my name is Allison. Monser. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, Ms. Ms. Monser. Uh, we are the the Elk Island Police Department and uh, and the uh, uh, um, uh, damn it, whatever the name of this county is, Sheriff's Department is on top of it. <laughs> is that in character? Does he say that? <laughs> <laughs> I think he totally does. Because I have I the think, name of the county here somewhere. I think that wouldn't be out of character and that would be hilarious. 
(laughs) (laughs) And uh, then he um, bids his good days and uh, takes off. As I wave, good to have you protecting us. Freak. And I climb back into the SUV. What's next? I dread it, but I think we need to go up to the manor. I mean, didn't we all know this was coming? That we would have to return eventually? That it would draw us back? I... No, I'm, I completely thought we were going to leave on the ferry. Anyway, drive on. Do you see any activity around town other than Fresk? Have you seen anybody else out here other than Fresk? Well, not all of the businesses are closed. There are businesses with open signs still in the door, but you don't see much activity. I mean, this this town. Listen, we were we were attacked by. It couldn't have been more than twenty twenty five people. There are surely more townspeople than that in this town. Yes, but if there are people in those stores that are open, don't you think that they would think it's kind of funny that half of the businesses are closed today? I'm certain they do. And maybe and maybe they're lookout. So let's just kind of get a move on for now and get away from. That's that's what we were suggesting, Jason. <laughs> we weren't suggesting hanging around and looking into... <laughs> I was agreeing. I was trying to agree. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Onward. Owl shakes his head, starts up the SUV, uh, puts in a cassette tape of Steely Dan, <laughs> and you head out uh, from downtown. And up the uh, North Island Road, past that place where both Allison and Gigi have to turn almost unwillingly and look out the window at the uh, Spirit Bay Lodge. Oh, I'm keeping an eye on everything on on the sides of the road, in the sky, noticing the spots that we pass where Carl got in the accident, where skiing went off of the side of the road um, on the motorcycle. Yeah, Carl kind of rubs his neck as we go by the spot where the accident happened, just kind of (laughs) like feeling an old wound. Here is where we get that shot, the drone shot, as the camera is flying high and above the SUV as it winds along the cliffside trees and sloping rocky mountain off to the left, while to the right is the drop off of the cliff. It breaks away for a moment from the SUV as the SUV continues on toward the house of Cain. And it spirals down to a wreck there on the side of the cliff. There at the bottom of the cliff, water lapping up onto Skeen's old adventure cycle. And the camera goes in pretty close to that. And then the whole wreckage, the twisted up frame of the BMW, is pulled out of frame. And then we rejoin our characters in the SUV as Owl turns down the road, the driveway, that goes to the Kane Manor House in all of its many-winged, many-roomed, insane... Architectural horror. Architectural horror. He pulls up in front, and you all get out. Dun, dun, dun. It's so weird to be in a horror situation with, like, the full, like, bright sun. (laughs) The sun's shining. There's no clouds today, hardly at all. 
It's almost warm. I mean, there's a chill in the air. It's January. There's still snow on the ground from the recent um, snow storms and events. And it's morning. But it's morning. It's 10, 11 a.m. You know, only, what, four, uh, five hours maybe until the ferry? Well, let's get cracking. Somewhere off the coast. The Kraken rises and goes, what? <laughs> what? Did you say? What? Did you say my name? Did I hear somebody say my name? What? <laughs> well, Carl, I I would think you would know the best way to the library, the best quickest way to the library. I think we need to get a move on. Actually, that's a good question. Thinking of what is the quickest way into the library and trying to not be restricted by typical paths, like is there a nearby window maybe that would be a little easier, not having to go down hallways. I believe we determined that the library is on... The second floor, but it feels like the first floor. We should have gotten a ladder. Carl, you know the window. You know where on the building the library window should be. It's on the back. Okay. Because it has a view of sunset. Well, there's an entrance back there, too, so... I mean, if you were wanting to go for a ladder-slash-window entry, rather than going in through the front door, front or back, or one of the many side doors. After what Gigi told us about what happened here, I'm a little cautious about going inside. So, here's my only problem with that. Um, so say we get a ladder, one of us climbs up to the top, we open the window, we climb inside, and William Kitteridge is right there. What are we going to do then? Yeah, that's the downside of the ladder. At least, if we're creeping quietly through the halls, we might have a chance of hearing something coming for us. So. I, I agree with Gigi. So what would be the, like, from uh, the, a first floor entry, what would get us nearest the staircase that's going to be nearest the library? Probably one of the uh, gardener's entrances in the back on the kind of western-facing side of that northern wall. All right, that seems our best path. The The building is not, uh, is not exactly f- parallel with the... With the northern yeah. line of the island, it's kind of at a slant. It's probably also got like wings that come out at forty-five degree angle. Yeah, it's it's very strange. So, Carl, you lead the team around to the back. I sure do. And you come to that gardener's door. Very nice planters and such next to it. Crowbar in hand, ready to go. As I see him pull out the crowbar, I like. Uh, slip a couple of the hunting knives one into each hand and test the weight and just kind of make sure I know the good balance point on them. I mean, I figure I've been carrying the crowbar. It's not like a good stashable weapon. I have the crowbar kind of at the ready. I don't plan on smashing the door, but, you know, I've got the, the crowbar kind of in one hand. I'm going to reach out with my off hand to uh, open the door. It's locked. Allison has keys. And Allison uh, jangles her, her keys and goes, I have keys. <laughs> And goes up and um, finds the right one on this giant cast iron set of keys that opens the uh, this particular door. I wonder, Allison, if one of those actually go to the lighthouse. We tried. Wait, did we try? I don't think we tried. I, you know, that's happening again. Gigi, do you remember? I mean, do you, you mean... remember that we've been to the lighthouse before, right? Well, well, do you mean, did we try... As adults now, recently, or as children? Because I have a much clearer memory of what we've done on this trip. A lot of it involves running and screaming, unfortunately. D- do we, did we go across, or did we just go partway across the bridge? We went all the way across. We uh, we went all the way across. 
Because did we? We looked into the windows of the lighthouse. We had. It was locked. It wasn't. I think you're right. It was locked. It, it it had to have been. Yeah, I think so. But she doesn't look certain about that memory. Are you missing some time, Allison? Uh, I don't think so. Are you? I think I might How be. How would we know? I, I, I'm pretty sure I am missing some time, but I have glimpses of what happened during that time, so... Oh, that's true. You actually knew about that. It was the eyeball. Skiing, um, running, blood in the snow... And then I had other visions that I haven't experienced personally, like chanting voices. We should find this book and get down to those caves as quickly as we can. Agreed. Well, let's try this door for now. The door opens beyond, in contrast to the bright, sunny day, is darkness. The darkness inside the manor house. But not the unnatural darkness of William Kitteridge, at least not yet. Oh. <laughs> so, like, just the windows are closed and the, the, the blinds are drawn and all that kind of stuff, and it's just dark in the house. Yes. Phew. Okay. Um, Who leads? Oh, I guess it's going to be me. I know my way. If Carl takes up lead, I'll take up rear. Okay, I'll go behind Carl. And Allison will follow Gigi. Where does Al position himself? Al goes, oh, right, I'm here. Um, <laughs> I will come right after uh, you, uh, Carl. And he pulls out his uh, surface revolver. Okay, I like that position better. All right. Carl, go ahead and roll identify for me. Ooh, all right. Let's see. Um, that's not bad. 17? 17. 17 is good. You lead them through these servants' areas which are just as wacky as the rest of the house. And uh, that is part of it, Carl. You, as older Carl, don't remember some of these rooms uh, being the way that they are. It, it seems like they've been remodeled. Uh, some of them even seem like they might have somehow been added onto. And maybe that's an addition of a wing. But some of them, it seems like they are in the same place where you remember rooms being, but there's more room here than there was. Like the room is bigger? Like there's more rooms in the space than you think should really have been able to be there, based on your memories. However, you're still able to, you still know the main idea of the manor, and you're able to uh, lead them up a narrow set of stairs, creaking and dusty up to the first, the main floor, because the door that you came through was apparently a lower area than the uh, front of the building, even though you didn't really notice that when you were walking around it. So you go up some stairs, and you find yourself on the main floor, and Carl, it takes you a moment to look around and, and get your bearings, but you do so, and... You lead the party, such as it is, uh, down a hallway and up another uh, wider curving set of stairs and then down another hallway. And it is down that hallway uh, where you, Carl, see the cat. Oh, oh no. The cat! Yeah. It's the same cat. It's the family cat. Schrodinger. Or what was, what was its name? <laughs> uh... I thought it was like Lucy or something, yeah. but that, it's funnier if its name is Schrodinger. 
So when I first see the cat, I don't actually like, you know, give a startled reaction. You just see the shoulder slump. It's the, oh, of course that's what's here. Uh, actually, I want to like, I want to look at the cat. I'm just going to look directly at the cat. Does it look at me? Uh, you know that when you look deeply into the cat, the cat, the cat looks, looks deeply, deeply into, into you. you. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, Carl. I'm going to roll a persuade oh. against you. You may counter with your passive whatever you feel uh, works here. Uh, but it, the cat wants you to follow it. Um, what if I don't want to challenge that? Then I guess I just have, a, have to roll a 15 um, in order for you to get the notion that the cat wishes you to follow it. Uh, that's kind of where I was headed, actually. <laughs> 16. Seeing the cat, like, that's not coincidence. Carl's like, oh, you persuaded me. Twist my arm. Oh, no. Follow you. <laughs> All right. Uh, the cat, it turns and starts just sauntering down the hallway and you follow and you come to a door it's a a pair of doors narrow so that they only take up the space slightly larger than a regular door frame would you recognize these gg as the doors to the library and the cat walks through the doors quite literally in that it just walks into the doors and vanishes can we do that? I'm serious. A lot of strange things have happened to us. I'm trying to keep my voice down. A lot of strange things have happened to us. This cat is taking us somewhere. What if... Because these doors lead to the main library. What are you talking about? I've been watching our back. I don't even know what's we going on. We watched the book teleport out of a kitchen in a tugboat yesterday. Right. Weirder things have happened. <laughs> but you asked, can we do that? And I didn't hear anybody say anything else. Oh, well, that's going on. Carl's going to kind of reach out to put his hand on the door. The door knob feels cold. Hmm. But my hand doesn't pass through it. No. Is there any sound coming out of the library? Or is it just quiet? It is quiet. Well, I kind of give everybody the, are you ready look. I heft my chainsaw. (laughs) Uh, uh, Okay. Jason, not really understanding what's going on because he was in the back of the line and didn't really see the cat and what's going on with the cat, is just going to be like, with his eyes wide, sure, as he lifts his knives up and be like, fine, let's do this. I will attempt to open the door. Carl opens the doors. Inside is the library of the Kane Manor House. Books lining the walls. It's like seeing it again for the first time. It's just such an amazing array of books and... and Bright light shining through the windows into the space, illuminating all the old, old covers, uh, the book spines of all the books, layer upon layer, the old mahogany of the uh, shelves of the giant desk that's at one end of the uh, library. But there is a coldness in the air. You see your breath in the air. And in the library, hovering in the middle of the room, is the book. And it's just there, cover closed, facing you. But that, as startling as it is, isn't as startling as seeing, Carl, your brother, Lazaro Kane, sitting behind the desk. And then the book opens, and the pages begin to flip. And we'll find out what happens after that 
next time on <laughs> the Gothic Podcast. Oh, <gasps> really? Bum, okay. Bum, okay. Bum. Okay. Hey, okay. Wait. 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 Why okay, are you okay. gonna leave me with so many questions at the? I know, right? Why? Well, oh. write them down. And I did then, that last yeah. time, Actually, and I only got through idea. like three of the questions. I <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, sojourners. The Gothic Podcast is an actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Richard Southard. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland, with cover artwork by Jared George Art. Season 2 of The Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Monster of the Week RPG by Michael Sands and the Dead of Night RPG by Steam Power Publishing. Look us up by name on all the social medias or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for The Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please rate, review, and share. And check out our Patreon page, too. Thanks! If you go back to episode one of season two, <laughs> paragraph five, section seven, minute twenty four, and thirty seconds, you will note that I have described the main street perfectly of- in perfect detail down to the last crack in the curb.